Welcome to the Crocker Report podcast. We've got our second installment of Senior Bowl position breakdowns today, but before we get into the linebackers and DBs, let's talk about some of the latest news coming out of Mobile, specifically every single Alabama star deciding last minute that the Senior Bowl sounds about right. Let's get started with the first one to commit down here. Devonta Smith, uh, he won't be playing, won't be practicing, but what can going down to Mobile do to interview with teams? Uh, what does that process look like and what can Smith get out of that? Well, I believe it's huge for Devontae Smith just because the team down there is possibly in play to pick him at number three. And I think that's why he's he's going down to Mobile to you know, have a chance to talk to uh, Brian Flores and the Miami staff and their scouts because he is in play for that, you know, that first receiver off the board at number three. So I think it's huge for him to um, show who he is, you know, uh, conduct interviews, you know, whatever it may be to try to win them over. So they take him as high as possible so he can catch passes from Tua again. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much that's, you know, just to pretty much echo what Hack said, he's going to be meeting with Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. And that puts him at the position to be the first receiver taken if he can wow them with the interviews. We know what his tape looks like. We know what his analytics and his numbers um, look like as well. So it'll be big for him. He, I mean, does he really need to play at the Senior Bowl? No, he absolutely not. <laughs> he's a Heisman winner. He's uh, he should did he win, didn't he win the Belitnikov as well? He won everything. Yeah, <laughs> so he won everything. So <laughs> he doesn't need to play. So, but just being able to kind of just gauge Brian, Brian Flores and that coaching staff for the Miami Dolphins and, and pretty much sell himself, you know, just, just pitch himself as a person, you know, character-wise, all that good stuff. And, and, I, and I think he could be the first receiver taken because, in my opinion, just from a – and we, like we talk about this all the time, but, like, fits, I think the fit between – the best fit for Miami is to look look at um, Devonta or Jalen Waddle. Those are two two vertical threats. Not saying that Jamar Chase is some slow some slug in the mud. No, I'm not saying that. But when I look at those two specific receivers, they have a level of twitch and vertical speed that to me Jamar Chase doesn't have. Yeah, I would say um, uh, for for I mean for Devonta, it's it's a smart decision on on his part, just for the simple fact that. Uh, Building a relationship with a coaching staff and making them fall in love with you goes a long way when it goes to uh, to the draft. And you look at the other side of it, Jamar Chase may not even have a chance to meet face-to-face with the Dolphins coaching staff or any coaching staff for that matter because we know uh, uh, the combine is going to be different. Everything's going to be so virtual this time around. So this may be the only chance he gets to meet face-to-face and talk man-to-man with uh, Brian Flores and the rest of that offensive coaching staff. So, And that goes a long way because you're building a personal relationship. So I think him and uh, his team around him, they saw this as an opportunity to take advantage of that, and I think it was smart on their part to, to do so. Well, we've mentioned Tua here already, so let's talk about his replacement, Mac Jones, joining the fray. How important is this week going to be for him to separate his own talent, his own ability from the just ludicrous supply of weapons he played with at Alabama. It's huge when you um, when you look at it, just because I mean the Joker is coming to Mobile, and everybody can't wait to watch him spin the football. He probably has the most game. I know we thought Kyle Trask possibly would have the most game, but or Jamie Newman, but it's Mac Jones. Like when you talk about a guy who's been second, third round, you know, consistently, no matter how well he's played, and now he's getting first round buzz. I think it could be it, it, this is the biggest interview of his life because he gets to showcase, you know, 
hey, it's not just Alabama. I can do it on any level against any competition. I can show off that ball placement. I can show off the accuracy. I can show off the precision. All the things that um, come with being an elite quarterback. And I think Mac Jones is going to go down in Mobile. I think he's going to perform very well. Very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mac, you know, Mac Jones, he has everything to gain in this situation. Think about it. We just talked about with Devonta Smith being able to interview and pitch himself to Brian Flores in the Miami Dolphins. Isn't Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers there as well? Yeah. They need a quarterback. You know, I mean, personally, for my own selfish reasons, I wish they would have played P.J. Walker, but I'm not going to talk about that at this point. Um, so in this situation, Mac Jones could legitimately pitch himself, not just, you know, interviewing with them, but in the in practices, in the one-on-ones, you know, in the 11-on-11s. And, of course, you know, game day, he goes out there and performs well. That puts a the uh, kind of a, a question in the mind of Matt Rule, like, does he fit what we want to do long term here in Carolina? If so, he could have himself positioned to be drafted to the Carolina Panthers in the top of the draft in the first round. So this this is a bit like like Hag said, this is a big time interview and what we could say final impression, not first impression, final impression for teams all around. Yeah, I think it's um it's huge uh, for him. Uh, one thing is because like the the main thing they everybody says about Mac Jones, oh he had a whole he had a ton of weapons he he had it easy. I would say if he performs well in Mobile, he could show that yes he had a ton of weapons, but those weapons also had success because of him because of his ball placement because of his accuracy because of his poise in the pocket and his pocket navigation. He can show he he can show that he just wasn't along for the ride with that Alabama offense, you can show, you can, he can really show that he was, he was a part, a really big part of that offense, a a driving force in that offense. And I mean, honestly, if he really, if he shows that his, his stock will skyrocket, honestly, because we know, we know the, the the stock of, of quarterbacks is inflated anyway, but he shows that with the competition uh, at mobile and he excels and he stands head and shoulders above the other quarterbacks, his stock will, will skyrocket. So there's still plenty of time until we actually get to draft day and plenty of evaluation yet to go. But with Jones jumping in, does he immediately become the best quarterback down there? Or is there somebody else you think at this moment is higher as a prospect? I think he is. Yeah, I think he's the best quarterback down in Mobile when you look at his body of work over the last year and a half um, from the time he stepped in for Tua. Last season, lighting up Auburn, Michigan, you know, two of the better defenses in the country, to what he did this year, you know, setting records, setting efficiency records, and just being Mac Jones. Um, I believe he's the best quarterback down there. Does he have the highest ceiling? No. But I think he's the best quarterback down in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, I agree. I think he's the best QB there. You know, for me, I think if before he uh, declared to come to the to the Senior Bowl, I think for me, I had Jamie Newman as the best, you know, talent. And he's still the best talent, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, athletically, physically, all that good stuff. But when you look at the the actual – the guy who's going to be the guy, that's Mac Jones, man. Yeah, I agree. I think Mac is the guy there. Well, let's move on to his backfield mate then and Najee Harris, who as of this recording just, it sounds like, came aboard today. Pending all medicals, it sounds like he'll be full go down there. That's kind of a surprise for back with his prestige, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's weird because Najee Harris, you know, as a running back, he doesn't really have anything to prove. I mean, you know, down in Mobile, he can 
you know, maybe embarrass a couple linebackers, you know, show off his receiving skills a little bit more. But he has he has game action of him making highlight catches, of him naturally catching the ball, of him, you know, doing all those things. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a great game for him to run the ball in. I don't think that's ideal for a running back. I don't want him taking more punishment. He's already a, a first, second-round type back. Running back one, you know, running back two on most boards. He doesn't really have anything to gain to me. But I like the fact that he's going down there. I like the competitor in him. I like the fact that, you know, he, he can possibly establish himself as the alpha back in this group. And especially when you get, you know, guys like Michael Carter um, and Colin Hill down there, he, maybe he can, you know, put a stamp on that running back one label. I'm I'm going to throw this uh, kind of an interesting storyline for me to watching going into the draft. We talked about Devonta Smith being able to, kind of talk with Flores and, and, you know, check out the Miami Dolphins staff. The Miami, Miami Dolphins have a couple needs on their team, and one of them is running back. I know a lot of people love Miles Gaskins, but to me he's more of a change of pace type of back, not a full three-down guy that you want a workhorse. I could, And they have two first-round picks. So I would not be surprised if he goes out there, like you said, Hack, he doesn't really take the, the punishment in the run game, but he goes out there and, and flash just incredible playmaking in, in space, catching the football, uh, blitz pickup. If they, I don't think they do blitz uh, blitzes in the uh, senior ball. I can't remember. But either way, like he goes out there and plays well, he could be fighting for that second first round spot for the Dolphins. Where Brian Flores is like, I'm going all in on Alabama. I have Tua. I'm bringing Devonta or Jalen, and I'm bringing in Najee Harris. They're also sitting at 35 too. That's a that's a spot. Oh, that's him. true. Yeah, so. that that's true. So I think he's playing for that. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say the same thing because uh, Dolphins got 18 and they got 35. So, say Devontae's angling for three, Najee may be angling for 18 or 35. So, it makes it, it makes sense because, I mean, physically, he has nothing to prove. You see, I mean, you've seen everything Najee can do on tape. You, you've seen it in the game. Honestly, I have no reason to watch his tape anymore. I've seen enough. I know what he can do. It's, uh, yeah, it's more strategic than anything else. And um, if that's the case, then I applaud it. We're pretty much pitching the Miami Crimson Dolphins then is essentially what I basically <laughs> yeah. Basically. Without Nick Saban this time though. You know how the Pelicans went all Duke players a couple years ago? That's basically what that's basically what the Dolphins have the option to do in this draft. And nobody's gonna complain if they grab Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because I mean they got the players to back it up. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it just – it fits. You legitimately bring in guys that to a nose, to a T, and he's comfortable with. He knows what they like to do. They know what he likes in terms of separation, angling, different things of that nature. It's, you know, perfect pairing, to be honest. Well, I think the interesting thing is we're kind of seeing the effect of the pandemic playing out in live action with – the Senior Bowl really taking on a much larger role in this offseason's draft prep with the combine changing form and personal workouts probably changing form. So this really is going to be the biggest interview of the offseason. You know, without a doubt. I mean, you you don't get a chance to see, you know, quarterbacks throw um, entire scouting departments. Um, I don't really think there's going to be another um, opportunity for them to all come together like they will down in Mobile um, next week or later this week. Um, typically, you know, the combine is a place where they all come together. They all, you know, um, bring their notes and they talk and, you know, look at guys uh, up close and personal because after, you know, the senior bowl or combine, those guys typically go their separate ways and, you know, they go to their areas and they go to pro days and things like that. So the senior bowl just, it was a big deal before. 
but it's the biggest deal now. And I think that's what everybody's excited about. And that's what the buzz is about this this year down in Mobile. Final interview, final impression. You gotta mark you gotta make your stamp. Stamp your name as either that first, second round, or whatever round you're going in. And whatever you've heard about yourself coming in, like, hey, they have a second round grade on me. Let me go out. Let me go out here amongst my peers from all different levels of competition, and let me shine. This is my moment. Yeah, and I was going to say it's a it's their last chance for active competition. I mean, after the Senior Bowl game, they're all most football they're going to see. They're going to have on a shirt and shorts and just going to be running on on a on a field somewhere. So this is going to be the last time that they got. Uh, put their their tackling on tape, uh, how they are in live action. So this is uh, this is it for them uh, as of now in the, in the times that we're living in now. This is it for them, so they have to make the most of it. Well, let's start our position breakdowns then with Riley Cole, the linebacker from South Alabama. Uh, no, Hag, I know you want to talk about Cole, actually, uh, and he may not quite have the the prestige of some of his local compatriots, but what can you tell us about the South Alabama linebacker? So typically every year or the tradition is, you know, a local guy tends to get the the senior bowl invite. I remember, um, I'm not sure about last year, but I know the year before it was uh, Jeremy Reeves out of South Alabama as well. But typically a mobile guy, a guy will get that uh, invite. Riley Cole was a guy originally committed to Alabama coming out of high school that a lot of people, uh, you know, that they don't know about, about him. He's he's not the biggest linebacker in the world, but he's really athletic, and I think he has an opportunity to shine down in Mobile and use athleticism in one on ones and in coverage situations. Just because of the type of player that he is, he's really active. I like how he gets sideline to sideline. I think he has a huge opportunity in front of him in Mobile to be able um, for some of these teams to see him in action. You know, he played at South Alabama, not a ton of eyes on him, but if you're good, they're going to find you. And I think Riley Cole may come away impressing more people. Uh, down in uh, Mobile than, than a lot of people expect. Well, Dame, I know you want to talk about Tony Fields out of West Virginia, and his name came up with a couple of people here when we were prepping for this podcast. What can you tell us about Fields? Uh, you know, Fields is, you know, he lines up at linebacker for um, uh, for West Virginia. He's 6'1", 220, He's undersized for the, for the linebacker. He, he, he lacks the height, weight, and length. Uh, to play linebacker, but he is a great athlete. Um, you know, he plays in space very well. I, I love what he's able to do in coverage, uh, whether it's in zone. He plays zone very well. Draw. He knows where to drop. He reads uh, and diagnoses route combinations very well. He drops into the the curl of flats, the hook zones, as well as deep middle uh, on those long third and those third long situations. He has very good spatial awareness also. Um, and I want to see him. I want to see him more in man. How he handles man coverage at the Senior Bowl uh, against the run. He does allow. You know, for somebody that's not six five and two forty, he tends to allow the offensive lineman to get into his chest way too often. And it's, it's you know because of those, the, he lacks those physical abilities or physical traits. He it's really is a struggle for him to disengage from those blockers. And when he sees it, he's very quick triggered. He sees it, he hits it, and he goes. But in the run game is where I see some issues with his diagnosing and processing where he's just kind of flat-footed and he's just it's taking him a minute to read it. And that's when those offensive linemen climb to the second level and get their hands on him. If he can become a quicker processor in the run game, 
I, I really envision him being more of a will linebacker in, in the NFL. But I definitely want to uh, just see him handle the run game better at the Senior Bowl and as well as uh, get some man-to-man reps, see how he handles that. Because with his size and his athletic ability, you, you could face tight ends in the NFL. Every team needs a guy that can man-to-man at some point versus these athletic and physical freaks at tight end. He could be a guy. Eugene, you've got another uh, linebacker who came in actually as a DB, I believe, into TCU. So he may have some of these cover skills as well. What can you tell us about TCU's Garrett Wallow? Garrett Wallow at TCU. Uh, what, what TCU uh, does on defense, they play a base four-two-five, And with their linebackers, they alternate uh, between you know a regular stack linebacker and an overhang linebacker. And they alternate that depending on the offensive scheme. So he... On any given play, he's either manning the A-gap or he's in an overhang position uh, covering hook curl flat. So he's got some uh, experience in coverage. He was a safety uh, coming out of high school and came into TCU about 210 pounds. Now he's uh, 6'2", 230, so pretty decent size uh, for the linebacker position. But what he does best is coverage. He covers the running backs out of the flat. He had a nice rep I watched against uh, SMU where he basically beat the running back to the spot out in the flat. And um, I watched uh, him against Texas, where he dropped in the hook curl flat, and he took advantage of a miscommunication between the quarterback and the wide receiver. But he was able to do that just because he was in phase with the with the wide receiver. So he has good movement ability. Where I would say he needs to improve on is his play strength. Uh, when he's actually a stacked linebacker and he has to play against the run, he reads his keys well. Uh, he diagnoses pretty good, but it's just that he doesn't arrive with a whole lot of force. Uh, it was a it was a couple of uh, runs against Texas where uh, the left tackle Sammy Cosme just you know escorted him right to the sideline with no problem. Also against Texas, he read his keys well, very well. He followed the pulling uh, guard. He got there to the spot, but he just didn't he didn't make the tackle, and he was just right there standing face to face with Keontae Ingram, but Keontae Ingram just you know, walk right around him and broke out of the tackle. So I would say he needs to uh, improve on his play strength, but I believe at the next level he's an immediate contributor on special teams because he does have uh, speed, he does have movement ability. And uh, one thing that really impressed me about him is he's a very good communicator. You can see him pre-snap. He's directing traffic. He's communicating to uh, the safeties in the back. He's talking to the defensive linemen in the front. And that's every down. He's communicating. He's directing traffic. So I found that impressive. That lets me know that he's got a little bit of a head for the game as well. So I think um, he's probably more than likely a day three guy. But uh, down here in Mobile, I want to see him, you know, against the the, the other competition. I want to see him against one-on-one and man coverage. He had he dropped into a whole lot of uh, shallow zones where he took away crosses. I think he'll be good in coverage. I think he'll excel at that. But I want to see him do it. So we've talked about then two Big 12 linebackers here, both of whom we specifically mentioned their cover skills. Is that something that really pops when you're watching film from that conference based on how wide open those offenses are? I think it has to be. Yeah. I mean, when you look at at those two, those two are two of my favorite guys that I watched early on, like as far as the summer goes before the season, just because they're so athletic. And you can you can see you know they have great motors. They drop into coverage naturally. You know they hop in windows. In today's NFL, it's is a must. I don't think you can you can play. You know there is no more um, 
What's my guy at Alabama name a couple of years ago? Uh, Rolando McLean's running around at 6'4", 255. You know, those are dinosaurs now, kind of like the mobile mobile QBs are all the rage now. You have to be able to play, you know what I'm saying, in coverage as an NFL linebacker now. Yeah, it, it's it's a must. It's a premium right now. Uh, only team that I can think of that plays, you know, heavier linebackers that can't run or cover is the New England Patriots. I don't know why Bill Belichick – is so infatuated with it, but he consistently gets beat by tight ends and running backs. So until he figures that out, uh, we're going to be in the same conundrum that they're already in. But like like Hag said, it is like a dinosaur right now. You have to be able to drop back comfortably in coverage. Matter of fact, a, a good example, go back to Sunday against the Chiefs. We saw that issue come up with the Cleveland Browns. You got guys that can't move sideline to sideline. The change of direction is poor. And you allowed a 35-year-old quarterback to run for 14 yards and no one makes a play. No one could get there, you know, before it's too late. So, yes, the linebacker position in terms of athleticism, being able to drop in coverage, even play some man-to-man. Um, you know, a lot of teams are going to run some fire zone blitzes, different type of looks uh, at young QBs as well. So you got to be able to show and go. It, it's a premium right now. Well, look, I mean, it's an awful big ask to ask a defender to keep up with the athletic dynamism of, of Chad Henney. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, speaking of Cleveland, let's hop up to Ohio then where, uh, hey, I know you wanted to mention Justin Hilliard from Ohio State. What can you tell us about him? Uh, Justin Hilliard, you know, he's an old head as far as, you know, the game goes at Ohio State, highly recruited guy. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned him in the previous pod about the national championship. Um, he was going to be a guy that had to play well for them to beat Alabama. I don't think it really mattered who played well against Alabama. But um, um, Justin Hilliard, he came on strong at the end of the year, and that really excited me because it showed that, no, you know, saying no matter if you're a fifth, sixth-year senior, you know, this is what these games are for. You know, he's really good in open space. He plays sideline to sideline really fast. And I was a fan of his game when I clicked on the film. And, you know, I just – I like good football players. And I think Justin Hilliard's a really good football player, and I think he'll be able to showcase that down in Mobile. He showed good speed, good instincts. In the open field, he's a bandit. You know, I love it. You know, um, I, I like him in open field. He doesn't miss a lot of tackles. He closes fast, and he's disruptive. And that's I think that's what you need today in, in today's NFL. Well, let's transition to the secondary then in kind of a funky way. So we have Jacoby Stevens. LSU's do-it-all defender, I guess, is a good positional title to give him. Uh, the Senior Bowl has him listed as a DB, but, Hag, I know you've looked at him as a linebacker as well. What do you see out of his versatility coming into Mobile? Uh, I like his his athleticism. You know, he's not a crazy – when I say athletic, I mean I like the way he moves um, in space. I like his ball skills and things like that. I don't think he has the speed to play safety in the NFL. I don't think he has the urgency to play safety in the NFL. And he's a big guy. You know, he's listed at six foot two twenty eight, I believe, on LSU's um, site. But I just don't see it. You know, um, he, I think he's best when he's in the box. When he's um, when he when they have him down in a nine. When he's taking on tight ends or blitzing, or when he's down in the box. You, you know, just being able to to play fast um, down there. I don't see safety when I watch him you know they, they they hang him back there deep he doesn't really close a lot of ground he doesn't really show range 
I questioned his play play awareness, like his play recognition. I just didn't see it when I popped on the film. He was a guy, you know, he rocked the coveted number seven at LSU. Um, he was a guy that if you looked at the stats, you know, he outperformed Grand Delpit, who won the Thorpe last year. He was a guy who should be everything, you know, LSU DB is, you know, five-star safety recruit. But he just didn't live up to the billing to me when I cut on the film. You know, watching the game from afar, you know, I was a big fan of his. I'm like, he's always making plays. He's running around. And then I watched the film, and I was, I was a little bit disappointed. And, and, you know, that's kind of where I stand with him. I think he can be a productive, you know, third-down linebacker. Um, in the NFL, but I think he has a lot to prove down in Mobile, um, and I think he can show that in coverage. I think he can show off some of that versatility, and I think he has to. If he wants to be a mid-round pick or go as high as some people may think he is, but I just don't see it from a film standpoint. He needs to show that he's not you know, lazy as it comes across on film. So you don't think there's any sort of versatility there for him to play in the secondary at the next level? No, I, be- I believe it's there because um, he's a good athlete, um, I don't think he'll be like a fish out of water. I just know if we if we have guys that we question their athleticism and uh, question their their play speed, I don't see how you you not question Jacoby Stevens. And I think it's just from it's, he just he's just not very urgent when he's playing safety. He's not very urgent at all. Um, his eyes are in the backfield a little bit too much for me. I don't see value as safety for him i see more value at linebacker and if i'm a team that's how i'm looking at him he's big enough to play in the box he plays in the box a lot at lsu that's where he seemed to make the most plays i feel like it's a natural progression it's way easier to bump down than it is to to get a linebacker to bump back and play safety and i think that's what jacoby um, stevens is going to do have to do um, when transitioning to the nfl and Dame, I know you want to talk about his teammate, Kerry Vincent. Uh, what can you tell us about him? He's obviously a very real DB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. This is an actual uh, defensive back. He's a great athlete. You know, great athlete. He's a kind of you know what they've done, what they did with him. They use him a, a lot as a nickel safety hybrid for LSU. You saw him, you know, sometimes seven to ten yards off ball. Uh, these, you know, he didn't play too much press coverage. I wanted that's what I'm really interested to see in, in Mobile. Those one on ones for him, um, how does he handle? Because it looks uh, Hack can probably attest to this more than I can. But it looked like he played a catch technique as well, uh, playing a lot of off. Um, but he's like I said, he has recovery speed and he has good ball skills. For uh, you know, last year he because he didn't play this year, he opted out. He had four interceptions and nine pass breakups. So he, he plays the ball well. He attacks the ball at the highest point. He's very competitive as well. And when he it when he does uh when he is uh, tasked to play man to man, I was actually watching some reps of him versus Elijah Moore from uh Ole Miss and he actually got with he has a, he uh there's a clip that I'm going to post of uh an interception where he undercut the route it was like a uh, out route, and he was right in his hip pocket. Uh, like I said, his feet, you know, can be. A, I, I like to see his feet be a little bit better um, in man coverage, especially playing off. You know, transition and, and move. Look, just be a little cleaner, in, in my opinion. But with his speed and his athleticism, and his ability to play the ball, and he, he's very. He, he seems like a, a high IQ player as well. He reads and diagnoses. Um, what's going on, whether it's in the run game, in the pass game. He does all of that well. And there's one play where he he legitimately, I think he was playing seven, maybe eight yards off ball. They threw a quick uh, bubble screen to Elijah Moore, and he read it from the jump and blew 
him up. So he's a very intriguing DB. I think he's going to be more of a nickel, but with his versatility, what he did at, at LSU, uh, defensive coordinators can definitely get a little creative uh, with him when necessary. And he's a guy. He's a guy that normally would make himself a lot of money at the combine. Um, people would expect him to run one of the faster forty times at the combine. Him being a, you know, a, a legitimate world class athlete in, in the track world. Um, and I hate that we didn't get to see him run a forty because he would have been in those discussions. Well, Eugene, in our last episode, you uh, you brought up some not power five names, um, some smaller school guys who you think are really going to have a chance to stand out. Here we have another one who doesn't have the prestige of an LSU, doesn't have a prestige of an Alabama, but has an impressive resume of his own. Uh, Richie Grant from UCF. Yeah, yeah, Richie Grant, six foot one ninety four. He's been starting at a uh, safety since I believe uh, for I think for about three years um he's got 10 10 interceptions in that uh time span um what they do at ucf he plays uh in a single high uh sometimes he plays in the they have the uh, uh split safety look and he played pretty much most of his responsibility is deep coverage he plays in the box as well more so 2019 and 2020 he's played some in the box where he's been in man coverage in a slot against a tight end and he does well there he really does look good in coverage his range as a single high is exceptional. Part of that is because he he, uh, he, he can run. Uh, the other part of that is his anticipation. I watched him against Stanford, and he almost uh, – he had a pick go straight through his fingers. But I slowed the play down. I looked at it again. He was breaking on the ball before K.J. Costello even threw it. I mean, the ball was still in his hands, and Richie Grant is running towards where K.J. is going to throw the ball. And uh, I've seen that more than one time. He had he has his anticipation is is what is where he wins mainly in uh, mainly in zone coverage, mainly in space. It's not that he's a a super explosive athlete, but his anticipation mixed with it's more is more build up speed than than explosiveness. But it works for him because he sees where the ball is coming. He diagnoses well. He is a willing tackler. He's not going to knock your block off. He tries to. He's had, he has some plays where he just runs the alley and he knocks somebody's head off, but that's not really what his game is uh, at the next level. But he's a willing tackler, and that's all That's all really, you can really ask for him. Going back to high school, he does have a track background. Uh, that, that's to, to speak to some of his uh, athleticism, but Mainly with him is his uh, his ball skills and his anticipation, his brains back there on the back end of coverage. That's where he really is going to stand out. Um, you can play him uh, up in the box some. You can put him in a slot against uh, big wide receivers, against tight ends. Um, but your main usage for him is going to be on the back end. He's going to direct the back end of that defense. And so I think that's where he, uh, he excels at. And I think um, he probably may be – maybe a day three guy, but I believe that he'll have success sooner in his career rather than later. So we mentioned a couple of LSU guys on here already. Let's talk about somebody else who has some LSU ties. Um, we're talking Rodarius Williams from Oklahoma State. He's Greedy Williams' little brother. Hag, what can you tell us about him? I believe he's his older brother. It's weird enough. Older brother, okay. I, I believe. Um, greedy, you know, Greedy dipped out of college early. But – um He's he's played a lot of football. I mean, he's a fifth year senior. You know, when you when you go back, you'll see Rodarius Williams playing for Oklahoma State half a decade ago. 
You know what I mean? He's he's a good football player, but he, he seems to really put it together, seemed to really put it together this season and had a really, really great year when you look at it. I like a lot about his game. You know, he's – I feel like he's best when he's pressing. Uh, we don't get to see it a ton, though. But when he's pressing, he's really, really – his feet are active. You know, um, he get, he has great hand placement. I love when he, when he jams, when he's real physical in coverage. He doesn't have the greatest ball skills to me personally. Uh, he only has two career picks, but he's always making plays on the ball. He has 20, 27 career pass breakups, I believe. Um, he's a veteran player. He knows his role. He knows his job. I, I question how fluid he is, but he's he's really good. He has active hands. He has a high motor. He's always running around. Um, he's always running around making plays. Um, extra effort guy, 100%. Like every time I saw him on film, you know, chasing a running back down or receiver down, he's always punching for a ball, uh, similar to how Antoine Winfield got that ball out this past weekend. He's always punching, punching, and I love that because a lot of guys, they're not that, they aren't that self-aware. They don't make those big plays, and those plays keep you around for a long time. And I think uh, Rodarius Williams is going to be a better pro than I think a lot of people think he will be. I think he's one of those guys that sticks around a lot longer um, than most expect. And he's done himself a lot of a lot of favors, and I think this this setting down in Mobile with the one on ones, you know, with the team, him being an older guy, him being a vet that's played a lot more football than a lot of these guys down there. I think this is a great opportunity for him to show his leadership and his ability to be a, a, an elite corner on the next level. Because I think he has the skill set, but I really want to see him, you know, do it at a high level against these top guys down in Mobile. So let's move on to Washington's football team then. Not the NFL football team, but Washington University. And talk Keith Taylor. Uh, Eugene, I know you wanted to talk about him. So what uh, What can you tell us about him? Um, 6'3", 195. Usually with uh, tall guys at cornerback, you question whether uh, – you question their movement ability because, uh, you know, high center of gravity. Sometimes they, they are, they're not able to change direction uh, very well. That is certainly not the case with this guy. He moves very well. Um, at Washington, they play they play a variety of covers. He played in uh, man. He played in some zone. They played a lot of cover three. Um, sometimes he uh, played in the slot. Uh, sometimes in uh, certain close formations, he would play as more more like a strong safety. Um, but he excelled in all of it. He uh, he got he's got a lot of length. Um, he has he has the speed as well. It's a it's a rep against USC, where the running back broke a long one, and you see uh, number twenty seven coming from all the way across the field running them down. Uh, so I go back and look uh, look to see if he had some type of uh, track background, and of course he did. It ran a ten eight nine hundred meter dash in high school. He had a, a sprinter's background, and it shows. And it shows because. It's not only that he has long speed; he has the acceleration. Uh, so sometimes he may get beat, but he can, he has the acceleration to get right back in phase and make a play on the ball. So uh, the, my thing about him is he has no ball produ- production. Um, it, he sat behind Byron Murphy for two his first two years, and then uh, he was a starter uh, for nineteen and twenty, but um, no interceptions at all not a whole lot of pass breakups when you put on the film you kind of see why he's good in coverage not a lot of guys are testing him not a lot of balls are being thrown his way but still you want to be you want to see 
what he's like when the ball's in the air. You want to see if he has ball skills. You want to see if he can get his head around when the ball is up in the air. You want to see what he's like in contested catch situations, and we haven't seen that. So that that's what I want to see. I want to see him in, in Mobile. I want to see him against specifically like a Nico Collins type where they're going to put the ball up in the air and see who's going to come down with it. I want to see how he acts in that situation because that's what you haven't seen over in Washington. But everything else, as far as the movement ability, the coverage ability, the footwork, his uh, his technique, uh, his, play, his play strength could be a little bit better. He's a willing tackler, but his play strength could be a little bit better because sometimes at the top of the stem, he'll get uh, he'll get pushed away. And sometimes his jams at the line of scrimmage are too easily beaten. But, um, you know, play strength usually comes with, you know, with the development and time. But mainly you want to see him. How does he react when the ball is in the air? You want to see what his ball skills are like, because that'll that'll go a long way with his uh, draft stock. Well, we started this conversation with SEC DBs. So let's bring it back around with two final ones from there. And Dame, why don't you kick us off with Tyree Gillespie from Missouri? He's a he's a he's a tone setter. He's a hitter, heavy hitter. He plays predominantly the single high deep center fielder. Uh, he has good uh, functional athleticism. You know, solid range in the back end. I don't believe he'll he'll be a single high safety in the NFL. I think you'll probably see him more split and possibly because he he plays very well coming downhill. Quick trigger downhill. He and there, there's play. I put up a clip of him, uh, pretty much tee, teeing off on Devonta Smith on a slant route where he just kind of, he just basically reads it, sees it coming. He's patient and then he explodes. And you see where he, you know, he rolls through his hips, he uncoils his hips and takes off downfield and lays a big hit to him. Uh, he can be overly aggressive at times. Uh, but one thing I like, like I said, I like him in the box. You know, like we talked about with like Jacoby Stevens, uh, Stevens earlier. I I like Gillespie closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, not so much in the linebacker position, but more as a um, more as a robber type. Uh, I, I I could really see him playing well in like a cover three that 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 strong safety role in the cover three coming playing, starting out in split safety coming down post snap and, and reading the quarterback and making plays on the ball. There's a, he's a fearless guy as well. He's physically, he's high cut, uh, nice build, strong physical frame. There's one rep against Alabama this year where Najee Harris comes barreling through, through the lane. And it's just him and Gillespie one-on-one Gillespie squares him up and, 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 and gives him a hit, gives him a nice lick. You know, nice, nice form and firm tackle. Uh, you know, just really technically sound in that regard. There's another play. He's playing pretty much at deep safety. They motion Waddle across the formation. He sees that it's going to be either I think it was either a pop pass or um, or jet sweep. He reads it perfectly. Like I said, his range. He gets there. He beats. He pretty much meets. Jalen Waddle full speed to the sideline and, and cuts him off and makes the tackle. He's a he's a guy I think is going to be more of a and again, I, I wanted to see him at the combine so back. I wanted to see where how athletic he was, where you know where he would run and where he would land when it pertains to safeties and DBs in the forty. How how high he would jump, how long he would jump, uh, the bench press. I wanted to see him in those in that realm. But uh, the Senior Bowl will be his last impression on us. And if he can go out there and show that, hey, I can play deep, you know, in NFL concepts, that'll go a long way for him. And, Hag, why don't you bring us home then with Georgia's Richard LeCount? 
Richard LeCount is, he's a guy that I feel like he's been around for a long time. You know, he was a premier recruit, five-star recruit coming out of high school out of Georgia. And you either love him or hate him. You know, when I watch Richard LeCount, I see a lot of energy. I see a lot of uh, communication. I see leadership on the field. But then I also see question marks all over his game. Um, I feel like he plays angry. He plays fast. You know, you'll see a lot of speed questions pop up in his game, but he plays so fast. I don't care what he runs, honestly. Um, he's he's a playmaker. He has good ball skills. He's always around the football, but he only looks comfortable coming up. And like Gillespie or Jacoby Stevens, but those guys have the size that he doesn't. You know, he's only about a buck ninety. You know, and that's what he's listed at. And so I have I have questions about, you know, his ability to to play that role on the next level that he plays at Georgia um, at a high level, at least, because even when he comes in flying in, I like the way he tackles. But too often he just looks light out there. Um, he gets thrown around sometimes or he'll pop off somebody or somebody will stiff arm him down. But I love his effort. I love his energy. I love his communication. I love his his leadership. But he's missing something. You know, he's missing that that true range that a 5'11", 190-pound safety needs to have on the next level to be able to play the position that he plays because I don't feel like he's a strong safety. You know, I feel like he's athletic enough. I feel like he has ball skills and he's smart enough to be a good free safety, but he hasn't demonstrated those skills to be able to do that at a high level and partially due to the fact that he had, you know, his – bike or car incident this year that cut his season short, which is why the senior bowl is so important for Richard LeCount because he, he's going to have a chance to answer some of these questions that we didn't get to see during a full season um, in his game because he's not a corner. He's not a guy that you would play in, in the nickel role. He just doesn't have that skill set. But I feel like he can develop into a pretty good safety on the next level. And I, I can't wait to watch him down here because I feel like he's going to be talking. I feel like he's going to be a high-energy guy. I feel like he's going to be a guy that everybody gravitates to, or at least that's what I think. You know, some people may be turned off, but I can't wait to see Richard LeCount down in Mobile. Well, let's say you're an NFL team and you can only come out of Mobile with one linebacker and one DB. Who would you be happiest to bring uh, onto your roster from this pool of players? It, it really is tough because I'm sitting, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the linebackers and I'm like Jabril Cox or Baron Browning because those are two of my favorite guys at the position right here. So that that this is this is really and Monty Rice, Monty Rice, I think is going to be more of a you know day two. Uh, draft pick and a guy I really wish we could have seen at Mobile to see how athletic he, athletic he is in terms of testing. But if I have to go with a linebacker, man, this is tough. I, I'm a I'm gonna go with Jabril Cox. Reluctantly, I love Baron Browning. I'm gonna go with Jabril Cox. Uh, yeah, that that that's a it's a fun win, you know, because I, I really like the group, but. I'm not here to make your life easy, man. Uh, well, obviously. <laughs> I would probably go Browning. I mean, Damien took my first option. But uh, I'd probably go Browning. Um, I like his I like his versatility, you know, to be able to play the run and then on third down, you know, be a pass rusher. I really like his skill set. I like his, uh, his size and athleticism. Um, I'm a big fan of his game, and I think that would be one guy if I didn't take Jabril Cox. Uh, but I think it'd be Brownie. 
all right, since we can't, you know, duplicate because y'all took all the good ones, I would say, well, since he's listed here as a linebacker, I say Hamilcar Rashid. If I'm running three four. I want that. I want that pass rush. He's an athlete out there. He's got some way, a ways to go with the technical aspect of it. But I mean, if it's you know third and ten, and I need somebody to get after the quarterback, I'm 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 tapping him on the shoulder like get in there. So do we know? Because I know I know Hamza is going back to to school, but um, another guy out of he would have been a guy I would have picked just because I like his his measurables. But uh, Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas. And, and a lot like Kerry Vincent, if he's the freak that people say he is, that kid, you know, would have had an opportunity, you know, not only at the senior bowl, because I think he's going to play well. I feel like he competes hard and he plays hard, and I feel like he has big play written all over him. I, I really, really, really want to pay attention to Robert Rochelle during one-on-ones this week just because the athleticism and length can cause nightmares for a lot of these guys down here, and I think he could be possibly somebody to watch. Yeah, and I, I mean, I haven't seen any tape on him, but – only all, everything I could find on him, everybody's saying he's uh he's like a uber athlete. So I want to see what he does out there. The guy I'm looking at, I mean, Eugene talked about this last night. Devon Diablo from Virginia Tech. You know, watching his watching a little bit of his tape last night. Another physical hitter, but he he had some good ball skills in coverage. He I believe he picked off Trevor Lawrence twice when they played. Uh, you know, he seems like a high high IQ guy. He's a very high energy guy as well. Like his his the way he hits, it, it literally picks up the defense a lot. Uh, it just kind of gives them that jolt they need at times. You can see guys just kind of just jump out their shoes sometimes when he lays the when he lays the shoulder pass to to a um, to a ball carrier or receiver. So he's a guy. I want, I want to see how fluid he is in coverage. But you know he's I, I, I like strong safeties that can come down and and hit, but as well as have soften of hands when you are lurking, you are my robber, you are coming down to confuse a quarterback in the middle of the field that you can actually make a play on the football. Hey, if anything, he, he took some some juice from a former, you know, Hokey, uh, Cam Chancellor, because the kid is bodied up. Yeah. Like, he looks good. Like, when I, when I went back and double-checked the measurables, I was like, oh, this guy's huge, but he hits like it. And, um, you know, I think when he gets off, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at him just because, you know, he passed the eyeball test. Oh, yeah, he's definitely – he's rocked up for sure. Elite name too. Diablo. Epic. Like, epic. That's like <laughs> a, a super, super crazy, you know, gamer tag on Call of Duty or something. Yeah, I mean, those are some parents <laughs> with a plan, man. No, 100%. That <laughs> kid's been destined for, for, for big things, you know. Well, I think that'll do it for us here with this Senior Bowl conversation covering linebackers and defensive backs. Um, while you're listening, hop over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review. It helps us grow the pod, grow the brand, uh, feel better about ourselves, feel appreciated, wanted, <laughs> loved, you know. Uh, so give us that little boost here. Help us out. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>